Hi, I'm Christian Brindle with Christian Brindle Insurance Services. And I'm Glenn Shelton with Lead Heroes and Hire Heroes. And this is Taco, Taco Tuesday. Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. This is a show all about growing your business as an insurance agent and bringing you up-to-date marketing trends. We have great guests. We have sales experts. We'll talk about all things pertaining to senior insurance and other lines of insurance. We're trying to help you grow your business and we are excited that you are here to watch our content. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to like the episode, subscribe to any platform that you enjoy to listen on, make sure to leave a five-star review if it allows it, and we'll see you on the episode. We'll see you in there. What's up, guys? Um, welcome to another edition of Taco Tuesday. Let's talk about insurance. I'm joined with my co-host, Glenn Shelton. I'm Christian Brindle. And we have another dynamite episode, just like those guns, by the way. Like, you know, I mean, I didn't I didn't realize we were running a gun show today. Didn't know I was allowed to bring these guns. You know, yeah. we were, we're in the 90s now with our episode count, aren't we? Wow. I feel very fresh Prince of Bel-Airish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I, I apologize to the audience about that one. Yeah, please do. That is the worst pun I've ever. I was like, "What <laughs> world? No, no." Mister Shelton, what yes. are we talking about today? What's on the docket? Today we have. It's it's kind of one of those topics, you guys. That that's as old as time here in the Medicare. Uh, I guess rather the senior insurance space. You know, there's a there's a group of products that classify as senior insurance. You know, I'd say cancer insurance, Medicare, final expense. Um, what are what would you say are some other quote unquote senior insurance focused products? Maybe, maybe annuities. Maybe you could throw annuities, annuities in there. That's a good one. Hospital um, indemnity. Long term care. Long term care. So there's there's these niche insurance products that almost exclusively focus on the senior insurance market and obviously cross-selling is a great option you know being able to sell one line of insurance and then sell them something else you know increases retention of that client increases your commissions you're helping them solve more problems and you're you're using your same insurance license you're not having to really change gears too much it all falls really within your your wheelhouse as an agent. The yeah. question is, which line of insurance do you start with, and then which line of insurance do you cross sell? Do you cross sell insurance at all, or do you refer the cross sell to another agent because you're going to be an expert and you're going to stay in your lane? That you guys is the topic today that Christian and I will be talking about. I do have a few thoughts about this that I go go. Yeah. Well, one one theory that I've never seen really happen is I've always been fascinated by the idea that an agent could exclusively focus on an ancillary product that no one else focuses on, like cancer insurance. How many insurance agents do you guys know where their primary business is cancer insurance? I maybe know two that I've ever met. I don't think maybe. I've personally met. I've heard stories, 
I've, I've heard stories. I don't think I've ever personally met an agent who said, hi, I'm a cancer insurance agent. <laughs> yeah, like, their card, right? Their card is, it's like Christian Brindle, cancer insurance specialist. Now that sounds outlandish when I say it out loud. <laughs> crazy. But I love the idea that you're leading with a product that most people don't because it changes your audience. You know, you're you're one Medicare agent in a sea of Medicare agents, but you could be the only cancer insurance agent that that prospect will ever talk to. So there's I love the idea of picking like an ancillary to cross sell the Medicare or to cross sell the final expense. I feel like that's a real backdoor move. Um I also kind of honestly agree with the idea that you pick one product and you really don't sell anything else. The best producers in the world that I know, they're not great cross sellers, right? I mean, they're not they're not writing four different lines of insurance on every other app. They're literally doing almost zero cross selling and they're just hammering out their main line of insurance, whether that's final expense, whether that's MedSup, Medicare Advantage, whatever it is. Some of the best producers I know operate under that mindset. So what do you think? Yeah, so- Insurance Christian. There's a lot there. Me. There, there, there is a lot there. Um, there's a lot. So a I think, the, so there, there's one guy that I met ever- that would no no there's two but the other guy I didn't get to know him really well it was like very short conversation this guy I had a really long conversation with i did a seminar last year locally for agents okay. this guy shows up he was one of the people that showed up and um had a long conversation with him after the fact and um this guy was a captive agent for a cancer insurance company i can't even remember the name of the company it was one i had never heard of before they had a MedSup product, but like their main product was this cancer insurance plan. He was captive. They did not let him sell over the phone. He was only face-to-face -face, and he they would fly him to like four different states. They would pay for his airfare and they'd wow. drop him in the middle of a neighborhood and he would cold knocking. That's what wow. he did. And this dude wow. was like, a badass from what it sounds like. He had thousands and thousands of policies on the books for this cancer plan. And, um, and then he would, and like med, if MedSup came up, then great. You know, like, and <laughs> I was like, like, like a, yeah, I was like, talk about that. If you want, if you want to talk about your MedSup plan, we can, I, I guess if we have to, you know, like that was almost like the mentality. And, um, I've never, ever seen a guy like this. In my life, I've never seen a captive company that would fly a captive agent around to cold knock in neighborhoods. Wouldn't let him sell over the phone. It was so bizarre to me. Um, I like wanted to like put this guy on display in a, like my office on a like, museum, and I stuff him, like you know, and I stuff him or something. Like there should be a wax museum of of rare insurance agents. <laughs> we get we get our wax replicas made. Now, I have no idea how much money this guy was making. I have no idea. Um, I don't know enough about his situation to know for sure. Um, like if that was a good thing for him or not, but he was sure unique. It was fascinating. Um, never seen, never talked to anyone quite like this guy. 
I think that's an interesting idea. Um, I think it could definitely be because like one thing that's nice about Medicare, um, if someone's already an existing client of yours, you can call them and cross sell the Medicare later. You don't need permission to contact or anything like that. So that's always a really nice segue in, I suppose. I've always told, I've always preached that like, if you're on a Medicare appointment or you're talking to somebody and you just for some reason can't help them, it's not a bad idea to try to get the DVH or the, or the hospital indemnity or the cancer plan, because then you can call them later and there's no restrictions. They're in your book. Um, I also think that a question that I get asked a lot from brand new agents, and I'm talking people, this conversation to me is like for a brand newly licensed agent. Um, should they start selling Medicare or final expense? And should they try to do both at the same time? My thoughts on that would be, I've always been a big believer. Now I'm a little partial to this because this is how I got started. And man, I don't know, maybe it wasn't the right way. I mean, I, I, I can be, I can be open to that possibility. But when, when I got started, I did one line, I did Medicare, all things Medicare. And I didn't do anything else for the first like three or four years. I barely sold any dental. I barely sold any hospital indemnity. I like, it was like MedSup, PDP or MAPD. And it was like, that was, that, that was like what I wanted. That's what, that's what I wanted. That's all I cared about. No final expense. Um, I, sh I, I don't, I don't remember if it was this episode. It's the last episode I shared that I got my life license in year two, um, so I've always preached to agents that if I was, if it was me and I was them, there's so much they don't know. Medicare is the harder product to learn. There's way more to know. There's way more compliance. There's way more little things that you need to know about. You need to check formularies, networks, doctors, all this stuff. Um, election periods, life insurance is not the same way. Um, I think that it's better to pick one and go really hard into that for the first year or two. And then once you've really felt like you've mastered it, then come back and add the other later. But I do think long-term they go well together. I think that they, I just feel like some agents can start off right off the bat when they're new and do both and do well, but I think most get overwhelmed and confused. So I just think they have a better chance yeah. of being successful if they just focus on one at the start. I wouldn't recommend picking multiple lines of insurance. I mean, even... Even something in the life, and to give you an example, like in the life insurance space, like if I was training a new agent, I wouldn't even train them on multiple types of life insurance, like final expense and mortgage protection, which is simplified issue whole life and term insurance. I wouldn't even try to give both of those to an agent to start. I would just give them one, just one type of insurance, one product, learn it figure it out, get comfortable with it, get to the point where you really don't have to think to execute on it. Maybe that's six months for some agents. Maybe that's two years for other agents. I don't think there's necessarily like a specific timeline. You could say a year if you wanted to like put an average to it, I guess. But I, I totally agree with that. If you are going to cross sell, which I am a fan of it, I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do it. But if you are going to cross, so I think you want to master your, your core product before you really get into doing it and cross selling. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, I, that's... Also think, I, I, there's, I think there is an argument that agents would make. Some would say, I'm, I don't think you should cross sell. You know, what do you say to that person? 
So there's two lines of thought. I think about when I think about people that cross sell and do it really effectively in their company, I think about like a Galen Hendricks, right? Galen, friend yeah. friend of the show. Number one. Yeah. Galen. And, and, um, that's my and, first thought. That's what I think about. Right. Yeah. I also think about like a go meta gap, uh, Richard Cantu also and Dante Cantu's company that he sold years ago to eHealth upon getting to know Dante they sold Medicare supplements. They didn't, and they, like they, I, I don't think they even did. I don't think they did any Medicare advantage, even. Like it was all med sub. I don't even think they sold dental. I think it was just med sub, but they did it better than anyone. Um, they were just the like authority in that space, and they just did so great. eHealth came in and bought them because they wanted to increase their supplement side of their business. Um, and so I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Like, I think you can present examples of both that did extremely well. I think there's probably more people that specialize than anything else, though. I think there's probably more success stories of a specialty success story it, than there it, is. A it's probably easier because basically what we're saying is, depending on the person, some people might have a more successful business by cross-selling but there are going to be people who would actually do less business by cross-selling because they would be a better specialist. Yes. So I think the reality, the reality is it comes down to what type of person you are and how you operate. You know, if, if you're trying to really just maximize individual contacts, then you probably are going to do better cross-selling. If, if you have a system in place, it's a machine in goes the MedSub lead, out goes the MedSub app, and you don't want to do it, you know, just just work the machine that you have built. But I think it is kind of to each their own. I don't think there is a wrong or right answer. I think you really have to figure out what works best for you as an agent. I think some people like some agents are going to be able to get started and they can get life and health and they can get contracted for both and they can really do well doing both kind of right away. I think that they're the they're the minority. I think the majority struggles to understand things at the beginning. I think the majority would be far better off just being like, okay, I'm gonna sell Medicare Advantage and I'm gonna freaking slay it, you know, or whatever your whatever your thing is gonna be. Um, like for, for like Christian Brindle. Christian Brindle was a dynamite Medicare Advantage agent for the first four or five years and really did nothing else. Not that not that my company doesn't do Medicare Advantage now. It's still probably our main product. I'd say probably 80% of our book of business was Medicare Advantage. I sold MedSub too, but it was definitely like 70, 30, or maybe even 80, 20 some right. Um and, uh, and so just speaking for myself, and I think there's a lot more Christian Brindles out there than there are somebody that can come in and they can sit, they can sell PNC, financial planning, annuities, all this stuff all at the same time. I don't think there's a lot of those out there. And I think that there's so many that try to do that. And it's actually the reason why they're not successful because they right. can't just focus on something. Yeah. Yeah. I, I completely agree. I think, I mean, there's a lot, like I'm thinking in my head, you know, how you're, how you're structured is really everything. If you have like processes in place for cross-selling, like drip marketing systems, a CRM system that automates 
these types of outreaches where essentially your your book of business is reaching back out to you saying, hey, I want that dental plan, Christian. I want that cancer plan. That is such a different concept versus trying to get in a house, holding a direct mail lead, and I'm going to talk to you about cancer. And like, so there's there's so many different ways of doing it and how it works. Just saying, well, you should cross sell or, or you shouldn't cross sell. I, I think it really is kind of an oversimplification of, of this. Yeah. Thing. I think for most, like if I were talking about, like, let's say the majority, the average person. Right. If it, I think the way to go about it is to sell one line really well, become a master at it for three years, maybe more. And then in, and then bring in some a cross sell thing and learn it really well and cross sell it to your book. And I I think that's going to be the model that's going to make the most sense for most people. Um, like get a thousand clients on the books for your prime thing and then worry about that other stuff. Maybe get 500 clients on the books for your primary thing, whatever it is. Um, and so that that's kind of my viewpoint on it. I think that would make the most sense for most people, the average agent. But I think like Sally, who's had her license for six months needs to pump the brakes a bit because Sally's getting contracted for annuities. She's getting, she's getting her PNC. She's studying for her PNC license. She's trying to sell final expense. She's trying to figure out Medicare telemarketing. And it's like, well, Sally, you're going to suck at everything. Because you just can't, you know, you know, you don't give anything the 10,000 hours to be an expert. Yep. Yeah, I think I've seen a lot of agents under that same concept, that same idea is they build out like a Medicare book of business and then they kind of transition to annuities. And then maybe they're marketing for annuities, but they're really marketing and kind of mining their book of business for annuities. So they'll still write Medicare but they kind of shifted what their focus is and they're able to keep working with their existing clients. So it is kind of that I became an expert in this and now I'm kind of shifting to become an expert in something else, but I'm still going to do my core service. I think that is actually a a strong uh, method to cross selling, to earning more, to, to gaining more revenue off your existing clients. Um, I I think if I were to get, but, like if I'm selling insurance tomorrow, I really do love the idea of picking a line of insurance that's completely off the wall. I love the idea of I'm a dental insurance agent. That's all <laughs> I do. I'm a dental insurance broker. That is all I do. I'm going to build the biggest dental insurance book of business the world's ever seen. And then I'm either going to cross sell or refer everything out. I've I've heard stories of some people in these niches that have done incredibly well because it's not being marketed. People don't do it with cancer. They don't do it with dental. They don't do it with disability. Like so, all of these niches where there's a ton of money to be made, but the, you know, the commission's a little smaller or the product's a little harder to sell. And so people just don't touch it. I'm curious about something. I'd love to know how much, how many dental plans someone would have to sell to make 500 grand a year. Let's say. Oh, good lord! So let let's. Well, what's let's, the what's the average comp like? Ten or fifteen bucks a month? How much? It's it's, it's probably going to be anywhere between a hundred to hundred and fifty bucks a month. Let's say one twenty five, um, for the first year. 
I mean, I've heard some dental plans will pay as much as 50%. Yeah, they they exist. Um, but but it's 50% of maybe a $25 premium, right? Or like a $30 premium. Um let's just let's say 150. Let's 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 shoot for the stars say, a little bit. Let's say 150 annual commission. Pre- co- commission, annual commission. And annual then um, commission. annual commission. But we, but renewals are like three percent, maybe five at the highest with a lot of these. Um realize the renewables were so low. so so but but it, but i'm just like so it's mostly all new business right, right. let's say 150 you have to put up three thousand three hundred and thirty three dental apps a year to make 500 grand a year <laughs> what about like, what about cancer insurance though cancer dental, that was more of an off the wall like Dental would be a lot. There's just not enough money in, but cancer insurance yeah. and disability insurance. So let's short-term let's... care insurance. There's some of these niches that there's more money in it. Let's say the average cancer plan is. It really varies. You know, it depends. It's going to vary, but like it's a percentage of the premium. Like Aetna's new plan is like seventy-five percent of the premium. Seventy-five percent seems to be street that I've heard. So. Let's say like if you're doing a hundred dollars a premium, you're walking away with $75, right? So let's say, and that's $75 a month. So we'll say $900 a year in that scenario, but that's if a hundred dollar premium, like let's say the average, say it's like an average of 300 a year. That's pretty conservative. I think in the same scenario, it's about 1,600 dental plans, or not dental plans, uh, cancer plans a year, if it's that, give or well, take. What's the renew- but aren't the renewals better on cancer? They are, but they're not like MedSup, MAPD. You know, it does go down. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but it, it might be like 10%, 8 to 10% or something like that in year two. Um, I like it, but, but I, I do think there's a lot to be said with what you said in terms of like, no one else is probably going to lead with that. Um, so you could probably write, you could probably write a a tremendous amount, you know? Yeah. If that's what you're leading with. Your referral networks can get more (laughs) easily established. Your, your overall cost to acquire a customer should be a lot lower. Once you have these referral networks established, you know, if, if you really did specialize in some kind of little bit different strange niche think about it you could potentially partner with people even in the medicare space Mm -hmm. you could be like hey you know all i write is short-term care all i write is cancer you know if you don't want to do it that's fine but just refer people to me i won't touch your medicare business like you 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 really could get to that point where you're even networking with people in the space I mean, obviously, I think the goal would be to cross-sell the Medicare policy or to cross-sell that final expense policy after the fact. So you might not want to do that, but it's a possibility. So here's here's another thing we haven't talked about that we've talked about off-camera that we need to talk about. Is it easier, if we're looking at life and health, is it easier to sell the final expense plan and then cross-sell Medicare or is it easier to cross-sell 
to sell Medicare and then cross sell life. I've always been under the impression that it's easier to get the health first and then sell the life. But I think you've recently kind of had some different thoughts. I've never been a great life agent. So let's just, let's just put that out there. Uh, yeah. Um, let the record show worst life agent ever. <laughs> um, let's, so take it, take what I have to say with a grain of salt, but my impression lately is like, if you sell the final, ex if you sell the life policy first or the final expense policy first, and then you go back and sell the Medicare, I think Medicare is such an easier conversation to have. I think like people, it's so much easier to sell, right? Like, um, the old cliche is like, you know, final expense is the easiest to learn. How does it learn the product, but hardest to sell and Medicare is hardest to learn, but easiest to sell. Yeah. Um, so I've always kind of, I mean, I've always thought that maybe it's easier to sell the health first until recently I've started to change my mind on that. Maybe it's easier to sell the final expense first because it's the more difficult sale. And then you can, and then also you have a permission to contact. They're in your book of business. You can call them back a week later and you can help them with their Medicare and there's no uh, there's no compliance violations or anything like that because they're a client of yours. You can have that dialogue and that conversation. That's kind of nice. Um, there's a lot of agents out there that are final expense first agents, and then they use their book to cross-sell Medicare and are really effective with it. Not to say that there's not agents that start with the health and the Medicare and cross-sell life later. I think it depends on who you talk to. I think it could, it, all, it's, it probably is all up dependent on the approach and how it's approached. I think it could be really effective either way. I know that's a politically correct answer, but. Um. Yeah, I think I think part of it too is like, are you trying to, are you going after MedSup clients or are you going after Medicare Advantage clients? If you're going after Medicare Advantage clients, then final expense, because it's typically marketed to lower income demographics, you could argue that it's actually probably easier to sell final expense and then turn around and sell Medicare Advantage. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you're trying to sell MedSup and you're trying to sell final expense and then sell MedSup after the fact, I think it's going to be an uphill battle because most of these people are typically lower income. So they're not going to be the type of person that would qualify or want to purchase a Medicare supplement plan. So that's part of it. Um, I think I think from a sales point of view, if you're a weaker salesperson, and I'm not trying to say that health agents are weaker or life agents are weaker. That's not what I'm trying to say here. Typically, typically, I think <laughs> life insurance is a more difficult sale. It's a no, more I, difficult I, transaction. I 100% agree. I, I, so just, from, I think that's spot on. From that point of view, if you want to get the easier transaction done, because it's health insurance, it's easy to talk about. Everybody has some type of health insurance, right? Then being able to come in and say, hey, I helped you with that insurance. Why don't I help you with this life insurance too? That is an easier path, I think, for most agents versus selling the life insurance first and then backdooring Medicare that way. I think that for most agents, I think that's a harder route to take in mm -hmm. general. In general. Yeah. I I could I, I totally agree. I think um soft, soft health insurance agents. Look at Christian. Look how soft he is. 
<laughs> I'm basically a ghost right now. Guys. Like, I'm, I'm gonna get I, canceled. I'm gonna get canceled by health agents. Bro. I'm beaming. Yeah, yeah. Seriously, like you're. We're worried about me. We're just yeah. worrying about you. <laughs> I'm gonna get like a horse's head sent to me in the mail. It's like, we'll talk about Medicare agents. You still think Medicare agents are soft? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How soft do I look now, Glenn? They send they send you like a burning bag of like marshmallows. Be like, this is what I think of softness. How soft is how soft are these burning marshmallows? The Arnold Schwarzenegger of Medicare agent shows up at your house. Oh, you think I'm soft? I I'm from Robot Patriot Insurance Group. <laughs> I heard you called me soft. <laughs> I love no, it. Um, I love it. So, we're we're about we're about the thirty minute mark yeah, on yeah. on this episode. Um, any final thoughts on this topic? I think the final thought I'd really want to share with you guys, if you made it to the end of this one, um, figure out what works best for you. And, and I, it's almost cliche to say that at this point, but I used to as a newer agent. I used to think that there were like kind of these right and wrong ways of doing things. Market this way. Don't market this way. Get licensed in these states. Don't get licensed in these states. This is how you cross sell. This is what you don't. Cross. Figure out what works for you. What works for me might not work for you. What works for Christian might not work for me, might not work for you. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But you got to kind of have the self-awareness to know that, okay, this process is a good process for me. And this works well for me. And then if you can have that self-awareness, sky's the limit. So that, that's my final thoughts on today's episode. I love it. Um, guys, my final thoughts would be, I think I think my biggest takeaway in this whole topic is like everything Glenn said spot on. I think that most agents are going to struggle by trying to do too much. Yeah. And so I think if exactly. I was in, if for most new agents, 99 out of a hundred, I think your best thing to do in your first 12 to 24 months is pick a line, pick a product, go all in on it and don't worry about anything else. Um, and you can make a lot of money selling life. You can make a lot of money selling Medicare. They're just different, you know, and um, they both have their strengths and weaknesses, positives and, ne and negatives. And so that just just understand that you know like there is such a thing as putting too much on your plate and having you know like by and scooping some of it off like maybe you have too much mashed potatoes and not enough green beans you know there's such a thing as addition by subtraction you know you take russell westbrook off the lakers and they start winning <laughs> <laughs> but lakers fans. oh boom roasted <laughs> westbrook that would be my final thoughts um westbrook oh my gosh um, perfect <laughs> perfection right there addition through subtraction see a westbrook freaking scrub guys drop your likes i mean and i'm serious if you watch this video and you don't like it you're the enemy of taco tuesday <laughs> um, so if we get like 200 views on this and 10 likes 190 of you are just flat out the enemy um, we know who you are we know We're we know you you're probably soft ass Medicare agents. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. We love you guys. Um, we love you. We and love you. 
like please don't take our like away after i said that like comment subscribe and we'll see you next time thanks guys